I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Friday, January 26th. A CVS pharmacy that was robbed on Washington Street in South Braintree Square yesterday afternoon prompted a large police response with officers canvassing nearby neighborhoods and searching buildings for the suspect. A woman who lives nearby said that she just pulled into her driveway with her five-year-old daughter in the car. Says a man was in her backyard claiming to be lost, apparently trying to make his way to the MBTA station. She said the man quickly took off down her driveway, then down the street without bothering her or her daughter. Braintree police said that hours after searching, they believed the suspect made it out of the area. They did not release any specific information about the robbery. A Quincy auto detailing business has been put on notice after multiple violations of their license. SR Auto Design on Brook Road in South Quincy has been told to stop using loud machinery outside of their building and to stop washing cars until they have the proper drainage system. Board of License Commissioners this week issued a written warning to SR Auto Design after numerous complaints from nearby residents. Quincy Police also documented several violations. Representatives from SR Auto told the board that they've already implemented changes to address those complaints. Officials said any more violations could result in fines or license suspension. The company also has a location on West Howard Street in Quincy Point. The Massachusetts blogger known as Turtle Boy blew a kiss to the camera during his latest court appearance yesterday before his domestic violence case was continued to a later date. 42-year-old Aidan Kearney from Holden appeared in Dedham District Court a month after a judge revoked his bail in connection with an alleged assault and battery incident at a Medfield home in late December. Kearney turned himself into police in connection to the alleged assault and battery on the night of December 22nd. He's accused of going to the home of an ex-girlfriend after he learned that she'd been summoned to testify in front of a grand jury, shoving her and threatening her. The incident occurred hours after Kearney was arraigned on 16 felony charges for intimidation of a witness, conspiracy to intimidate a witness, and picketing a witness. An abuse protection order was filed by Kearney's ex-girlfriend, the alleged accuser. In paperwork, she says Kearney assaulted her and threatened her if she testified. Kearney has been leading the Free Karen Reed movement. The case will return to court February 26th. Governor Mara Healy saying yesterday she's focused on the evolving situation at Stewart Healthcare, the for-profit chain that runs nine hospitals in Massachusetts, with the goal of ensuring stability in the state's health care system. Tuesday, members of the congressional delegation wrote a letter to Dallas-based Stewart CEO Ralph De La Torre, reminding him of significant impacts on patients if any of Stewart's hospitals were to close in Massachusetts. Stewart operates Cardi Hospital in Dorchester, Good Samaritan in Brockton, Holy Family in Haverhill and Methuen, Morton Hospital in Taunton, Neshobe Valley Medical Center in Ayer, New England Sinai in Stoughton, and Norwood Hospital, which is closed and undergoing construction following a serious flood, along with St. Anne's in Fall River and St. Elizabeth's in Brighton. The company employs more than 16,000 nurses, doctors, and other health care workers in Massachusetts. 
In the letter, the delegation cited a Boston Globe report indicating Stewart is in grave financial distress. The company's plans to close New England Sinai. A January 4th Medical Properties Trust report regarding unmet rent and loan payments and federal charges that Stewart's St. Elizabeth's Medical Center, Stewart Medical Group, and Stewart Healthcare violated the False Claims Act. Hospitals across the state are strained due to a mix of patient demand, workforce constraints, and funding challenges. And lawmakers are watching the Stewart situation with an open eye on impacts in their districts and possible intervention. A real estate investment trust, Medical Property Trust, this month cited delayed and partial steward rent payments and said it had been informed by the company that stewards' liquidity has been negatively impacted by significant changes. As part of the action plan, Medical Property says Steward is pursuing several strategic transactions, including the potential sale or re-tenanting of certain hospital operations, as well as the divestiture of non-core operations. Dozens of migrants could be seen sleeping inside a Logan Airport terminal again last night amid an ongoing shelter crisis in the Commonwealth. At Terminal E, families could be seen sprawled out on the floor with blankets and their belongings. Airport staff, who speak Haitian Creole and Spanish, aid those who need it to try to get to a welcome center, but the centers are rapidly filling up. Governor Healy is asking Congress for help. However, the governor says the state's making do with what they have to house people. It's not the first time the state has struggled to house migrants. In November, emergency shelters filled up quickly, but a push to get the migrant work authorizations proved an effective way to ease the burden on the shelter system. The MBTA plans to offer half-price fares for more low-income riders later this year. Proposal was heard by the Board of Directors yesterday, which could benefit an estimated 60,000 riders. The agency's existing reduced fare program benefits some students, seniors over 65, people with disabilities, and young adults with low income. Proposal would expand eligibility to include individuals age 26 to 64 who make about $29,000 a year or $60,000 for a family of four. Program participants will demonstrate eligibility via existing enrollment programs with a cutoff of 200% of the federal poverty line. The reduced fare program would apply to buses, subways, commuter rail, and the ride paratransit service, except for the premium service. Governor Healy allocated $45 million for it in her proposed new budget. The T estimates the cost of the program will be about 52 to $62 million, including administrative costs, operating costs to meet induced demand, and fair revenue loss. A randomized controlled trial in 2018 found riders provided with discounted Charlie cards used public transportation 30% more and took more trips to social services and health care. The T is welcoming public comment on the proposals at eight public meetings to be held this month and next. If approved by the T's board of directors, the fare changes will go into effect this spring and summer. The Biden administration has allocated over $370 million toward replacing the decades-old Sagamore Bridge on the Cape. 
Federal officials announcing yesterday $372 million in federal funding will go to the Sagamore Bridge Project as part of the National Infrastructure Project Assistance and the Infrastructure for Rebuilding America grant programs. Project includes improvements to bridge design and construction, improvements to local roadway connections, and major utility relocation. The grant is a portion of the $4.9 billion going to 37 major transportation projects nationwide. As part of President Biden's Investing in America agenda, the renovation project is also part of Governor Healy's plan to replace two of the Cape's nearly 90-year-old bridges. The Healy administration announced last year it would apply for federal funding to renovate the Sagamore Bridge before targeting the Bourne Bridge because it carries more traffic. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation, Sagamore is currently considered functionally obsolete, structurally deficient. The Healy Driscoll administration says the federal award that they had received all of the money it asked for when applying to the program in August of last year. The administration also filed for a billion dollars in funding toward the Sagamore Bridge project in December, which it said it's optimistic about. If granted, it would cover about half of the estimated $2.1 billion needed to rebuild the bridge. A congressional report warned last year that failure to replace the Cape's federally owned bridges could be catastrophic, delaying emergency responders due to congestion and impacting public safety. Researchers got a glimpse of some critically endangered whales in Cape Cod Bay for the first time this season. The Center for Coastal Studies says scientists on board a research boat saw between four and seven North Atlantic right whales on Wednesday. Two were photographed feeding near the historic Wood End Lighthouse in Provincetown. One of the pictured whales is named Aphrodite, a 37-year-old female. The other is an adult female named Archipelago, first documented in 2003. Both birthed calves last season. Back on January 12th, the center's aerial survey team saw two right whales in Stellwagen Bank, which is east of Boston between Cape Ann and Cape Cod. The North Atlantic Right Whale Consortium said in October that the decline of the majestic creatures appears to be slowing, but big threats to the species remain. There are an estimated 356 right whales left in the world. Warming ocean waters, boat collisions, and getting tangled in fishing equipment are among the biggest dangers to the whales. Whales can grow to more than 100,000 pounds, give birth off the southeastern coast of the U.S. before making their way to New England and Canada to feed every year. Back in November, New England Aquarium scientists reported an astounding number of whales chowing down in the region, sometimes feeding side-by-side with sharks. Check of business news. Stocks rebounded. The Dow was up 242 points. The Nasdaq rose 28. The S&P added 25. Asian stocks mostly lower. The dollar rose. The euro was down. Oil at $76 a barrel. Sports. The Celtics beat Miami 143-110. to And they will host uh, L.A. tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Bruins beat Ottawa 3-2. to In overtime, they'll be in Philadelphia tomorrow afternoon at 12.30. Forecast from the National Weather Service. Today, rain mostly this morning and tapering off later today. The high of 42. 
Tonight, cloudy, low 37. Tomorrow, rain in the morning, maybe some snow showers, high of 39. On Sunday, rain and maybe changing to snow later in the day with a high of 38. Some morning snow around on Monday and a high 34. But the boater waves 2 feet, east winds 10 to 15, gusting to 20, at a high tide 11.42 a.m. Sunrise 7.03, set at 4.49. Traffic note for River Bridge, scheduled to open Friday at noon, Saturday at 7 a.m. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News Update for Friday, January 26th.